Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. It is the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Let me be of the first to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. If you do indeed celebrate, if you're international, maybe you don't celebrate that day. But hey, it's a great week because we have the match number three Phil Mickelson in battle with Charles Barkley, Peyton Manning, and Steph Curry. There is no actual PGA Tour golf this week, so that will be the topic of today's program. Bridget and I will be breaking it down for you guys. Of course, you know us as your Tiger Woods experts. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, tell your friends, I even told my dental hygienist the other day because she listens to podcasts all the time. So there you go. Always networking, folks. Follow me on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on Instagram at MrRogers98. You can follow Bridget as always at Bridget K. Whalen on Twitter and Instagram. So like I said, we are talking the match three it is the only competitive golf in terms of the PGA Tour this week, and we consider it the PGA Tour because Phil is playing. But, of course, it's not an official event, but it has odds. You can bet on it. And, hey, might as well do that with betonline.ag. They are the sponsor of this show. Of course, football is in full swing. You may not be at the games this year, but that's totally fine. You can be in on the action at Bet Online from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag today, and go ahead and get that bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so here we go, the match three. Here's the deal. I'll lay the scene for you guys, and then we'll bring in Bridget here to talk about it. Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson are taking on Peyton Manning and Steph Curry. No Tiger Woods involved in this match. We'll get to the reasons why, perhaps. So it's going to be Black Friday, November 27th at Stone Canyon Golf Club in Oro Valley, Arizona. The event will benefit historically back black colleges and universities, so a really great cause. We'll air on TNT at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The format, 18 holes of modified alternate shot. And what that essentially means is everybody's going to tee off and then you decide which tee shot you're going with among your pairing, if you will, and then you do alternate shot from that tee spot, all right, from that drive. So that is the format, and if you recall in the match two, they actually did nine holes of modified alternate shots. So if you watched that event, which, by the way, was the most watched cable event in golf history – then you already know how the format is going to go. So there you have it. The match three is going to happen on Friday. Very excited about it. Brian Anderson will provide play-by-play -play alongside Trevor Immelman and Andre Iguodala. That'll be fun. 
with On Course reporters Cheyenne Woods. And yes, he's back out of retirement. Gary McCord will be on the golf course. And boy, this should be interesting, needless to say. Let's bring in Bridget Whalen. Hello, Bridget. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. Happy Thanksgiving week to you, Cam. You know, we're going to be eating our turkey sandwiches, leftover meals on this Friday as we watch the match three. Let me just start, before we even get into the crux of this, do we consider this an iteration of the match with no Tiger Woods? No. (laughs) We do not. You're replacing the world's best golfer for arguably the world's worst, (laughs) at least swing-wise. In terms of celebrities, yeah, (laughs) literally. I think that this is a made-for-TV event. Like you said, this is a a totally new rendition. And, I mean, granted, this is a good play, a good way to go. We just all know how I feel about Tiger Woods, so Mm. I'm not really a fan, but I understand it. Eli Manning and Michelle Wee, by the way, will provide pre-game coverage to this event. All right, let's talk about it. I mean, 18 holes, modified alternate shot. You wonder what the strategy is going to be here for Mickelson and Barkley in particular. Uh, We'll talk about who we think is going to win and all that later. But just in terms of the dynamics, I mean, Bridget, you've seen this guy swing. And I guess the good news is, folks, if you have watched him lately, Barkley doesn't have that hitch at least of late. If you go back to the match two where Barkley actually played off charity hole, he didn't have that hitch motion. But Gary McCord actually said that he could develop it if he is, you know, feeling the pressure or something like that. Really, I can't wrap my head around this whole hitch thing, Bridget. Just (laughs) even going back to the Haney project with (laughs) Hank Haney, like, I just don't understand it. (laughs) I I mean... (laughs) It, it really cool. is funny. <laughs> at some at some point, though, it must to have worked. <laughs> and you're a golfer. You know if something works once, you have this faith that it's going to work again. So my theory, and I think Phil was a little open with his plan, is that Phil's going to be doing a lot of the swinging hmm. and Charles will be doing a lot of the putting. I, I think that that's the the dynamic that you just have to exploit if you're going to be paired with Charles Barkley yeah I think what Phil is planning on doing is like you said yeah totally relying on Barkley with his putter and then relying on him off the tee as well so there will be Barkley tees okay so for Charles he's going to be moved up a little bit as compared to Mickelson Manning and Curry so if Barkley can just literally top of the ball 170 yards straight, right? That, I think, bodes well for Team Barkley-Mickelson because Phil can get there, obviously, no matter how far out he is. As long as he's in the short stuff and not in the woods, Mickelson will get you to the green. And then, of course, you rely on Barkley to maybe sneak in a birdie putt or two. And if not, Mickelson will save par. I think that is the strategy uh, that they're going to go with. In terms of Manning and Curry, we saw Peyton right at the match two he looked pretty good he's a steady golfer I would argue that Steph is actually better than Manning Steph has played in Corn Ferry Tour events before Peyton Manning has not what do you think of that matchup and do you find this by the way a one-sided deal can you lean in one direction in terms of who you think will win well I definitely think Steph is a better player than Peyton and as you said Steph has 
played with so I just want to put something out there. Sure. Web.com guys, now Corn Prairie Tour guys, they are the best of the best. There is no difference between playing on the PGA Tour and playing on the Corn Prairie Tour. And if you want to argue with me about that, go right ahead because they are all insanely good at golf. If you are playing on the Corn Prairie Tour, you are that one in a million player. If you are playing on the PGA Tour, obviously you are that one in a million player. I don't think enough is enough credit is given to Corn Ferry Tour players. It's always seen as like, oh, the little brother, the lesser tour. Sometimes people get lucky or sometimes people are standouts. Like, yeah, sure, Jordan Spieth. No, he never had to play on the Corn Ferry Tour. But the players who are on the Corn Ferry Tour are the best of the best. And Steph, yes, <laughs> I understand that it's exemptions and, and sure, but he has teed it up with those guys. So he is the best player on, on that twosome, in my opinion. Peyton Manning is obviously a very good golfer. We have seen now him perform on the grandest stage. Having TV cameras follow you around on a golf course is totally different than being able to play a good round with your buddies or, or whoever he plays with recreationally. So clearly he has talent. Steph has talent. I do not think that Mickelson's amazing talents in the golf world obviously Mickelson if Tiger hadn't existed if if there was some alternate universe where Tiger didn't exist Mickelson would be the Tiger Woods he he would be he he he's he is one of the best golfers of all time so Perhaps sure he would have he, more majors too absolutely I, but then but then so now I'm gonna open a can of worms and this is a hill that I most likely will die on I am on that side of the fence that if there was no tiger Phil wouldn't have performed to the to the likes that he has now I think that tiger almost pushed him in a way motivated but I yeah. definitely yeah I'm definitely in probably a small camp there but I do think that Phil applauds tiger for sort of pushing him along in his career, having not like they competed head to head a ton, but the sense of competition as they were both sort of came onto the scene around the same time. I do think that Tiger pushed Phil in a sense, but yes, I think that Phil would have probably had more majors, probably had a, a few more tour events. I understand that the format, they're both going to have to be teeing off and swapping balls. I get it. But I think the play for them once after they hit the second shot, I think that it's definitely going to be Phil playing to the green and then Barkley taking over. But I do heavily, heavily weigh uh, Steph Curry and Peyton Manning's team in yeah, this. Interesting. It's interesting that you do. And I would have to until I just thought more about this. I mean, if we had to power rank, <laughs> literally I ponder this all the time thinking about the match three. If you had to power rank these players, right? Obviously it's Phil at one, Steph sure. at two, Manning at three, Barkley at four. But the gaps in between these rankings are larger than I think we understand. And so when you have Phil at one, there is an infinite drop-off, and this is no disrespect to the other three guys, but Phil is just that good as relative to these three other guys. That gap is massive, and the question is, is that gap massive enough to A, overcome Charles Barkley being so bad, and then B, 
allow yourself to actually win this thing? And that's the real question here, right? Because there is a lot of betting interest in this. And I sort of like the number right now in terms of Mickelson and Barkley, money line plus 135, Manning Curry, the favorite at minus 167. I mean, just think about it, Bridget, right? I mean, there's a, remember that argument you would always hear about the worst team in the NFL might actually lose to Alabama. Like people have said the Jets could lose to Alabama. Sure. That is preposterous. Right. Like that is just absolutely ridiculous. And so I think that gap of, because Alabama's still, still good. It's a great franchise, a great school, great program in terms of football. But that gap there between the Jets and Alabama is infinite. The gap between Mickelson and Steph is infinite. And I wonder if that gap, again, is good enough for Phil to basically win this thing on his own. And I don't know but it's possible. I mean, that consensus is, is primarily among guys who have played for Nick Saban. <laughs> so I don't True. know if that's like a, a held theory that, well, maybe that it's Alabama. a joke, but people <laughs> say it as a talking point sometimes. And I don't know. I maybe know. Sometimes they're yeah. like, actually <laughs> truthfully. When you say people, Alabama fans, no, I get Check it. And I totally, I, I totally, <laughs> I'm just razzing you. I totally agree with the sentiment that between Phil's talents, if you're going to put them in a box and then you're going to compare them to Steph Curry's talents in the golf on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Put them in a box. Yeah. That's like comparing apples and spaceships. Obviously if they were to go out and say, you know, winner take all 18 holes, just the two of them, like let's take the other two guys out of this scenario. Unequivocally, everyone would bet on Phil. Phil I would mean, be minus so ten thousand in terms exactly. of a favorite. Exactly, and like age at that point is like not even a factor. Like right. because, like you said, it would literally be like comparing an NFL team to a college team. So, I do agree with you on that. Here's here's my wrinkle. So Phil, yes, he could bomb balls, and and sure, like that's all fine and good. My thing is, is that Steph Curry and Peyton Manning may have a more well-rounded golf game, and then you're going to pin them up against a guy who has a very well-rounded golf game in the likes of Phil Mickelson, and a guy who sort of hacks around and has his infamous hitch. So (laughs) it just made him sound like a cripple. (laughs) But when you take it like that, I think that you can't rely on Phil to sort of carry Barkley. I think that, that that'd be hard, hard to – it would be hard for him to do in the sense that on the other side, Steph and Peyton may catch like lightning in a bottle. And who knows? Like they may play off of each other and their games may like, you know, sort of tack on to one another. I think that they have much more – of the ability to get some sort of ball rolling and some sort of like spark happening, then Phil and Charles, I think they're going to be goofy and kind of like, oh, you take this one. It's going to be a lot of like back and forth. Where I think the other two guys, like, I don't know, there could be some dynamics, some chemistry, some kinetic energy. So that's kind of what I'm relying on because the other two guys are total showmen. They are total showmen. Yep. So, like, you never know those two paired together. The thing is, what is different about this match is prior 
like an NFL player or, or whatever other athlete you want to talk about was paired with a golfer. So they're always going to defer to the golfer, the player who plays the game. Now you have a scenario where you're taking, yeah, Steph Curry had some sponsors exemptions, but you're essentially taking just two athletes playing a game that isn't their primary game. So I think that those two together, it's going to be a totally different dynamic. So I'm all in on basketball and football. So two schools of thought here in terms of good news for these teams, right? So Man and Curry, like you said, I think the good news is, Bridget, they can really develop momentum because they can have the consistent drives, the consistent ball striking, what have you. But in terms of Mickelson and Barkley, Phil can kind of play that coaching role. He did that with Tom Brady. If you think back to the match two, where Brady had these putts and Mickelson was able to really coach him up. You didn't see it too much with Woods and Manning. I'm not really sure why, but Phil really helped out. Tom Brady. And so I think that could be an element to really hang your hat on for Mickelson and Barkley. And here's another thing. And correct me on this, Bridget, but Phil has ties to this golf course. There's a reason they're going to play this course. And I think it has to do with Phil's personal stake in it. I'm not sure if he actually designed it, but I know that it is a course that he is definitely a part of and probably knows like the back of his hand. So course knowledge, advantage team Phil and Charles, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like, this is Phil's area. And I, I do actually think, um, I think it's owned by like a, a the Mickelson Golf Properties. I, I don't think you're wrong on that. Okay. Um, I do know that he referred to it as we have right. Charles Barkley tees. So yeah, there's obviously some tie there for sure. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yes, Phil was able to coach Tom Brady. Sure. Now you're bringing Charles Barkley into the mix. Who <laughs> he's I no Tom Brady. <laughs> he, one, he's no Tom Brady. So, like, Tom Brady, oh, I feel like Tom Brady is an always be learning type guy. Sure. Charles Barkley, I think, is 57. I should probably Google that, but I feel like he is close to 60. He's older than Phil. I don't know if they're going to have 57. that dynamic. How old is he? He's 57. There so. you go. I honestly, I just had to look that up because we were talking about, my dad and I were talking about how big Shaquille O'Neal's feet are. Mm. He's a size 23. Oh and then God. we went down this rabbit hole and Charles Barkley was a part of it. And I was like, I literally just looked up how old he was. So this is embarrassing that I know. But um, so I just feel like, yeah, everyone, Shaquille O'Neal is a size 23. That's foot. wild. Y'all just ponder that one. You have to get every shoe made. Okay, off my tangent, off my foot tangent. I think that- What are you, the... Rex Ryan all of a sudden? <laughs> For Dwayne has a foot fetish. But continue. <laughs> I think that the dynamic is just going to be totally different. I think that- they're going to be so jokester and I, it's going to make great TV. Sure. I just don't think that Tom Brady and Charles Barkley are at all the same in the sense of a playing partner for Phil Mickelson. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And I think the camaraderie will be different 
between these two teams, like you kind of talked about, Phil and Barkley will be the fun, bantery area. And then Manning and Curry, I think, will be pretty legit in terms of planning and what have you. So it'll be interesting for sure. What do you make of this broadcast team, by the way? Anderson is back. He did the match too. Immelman, Igadala on course reporters. Cheyenne Woods, Gary McCord. What do you make of uh, that pairing there on the course, by the way? And especially McCord coming out of retirement. That's pretty big. I sent you the best GIF. That was for, hilarious. For Gary McCord. It was a walking mustache. It was perfect. The stash is back. It was great. I wanted to share it with the world. The mustache was like the perfect curl up like Gary McCord. I like it. I love Trevor Immelman. It's too bad there's no South African playing. He can't refer to the person as the South African. That was like my favorite part of the Masters broadcast. Every South African. Dylan Fratelli. The, yeah. yeah. The South African. Um, I love that. That's great. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I love Michelle Wee. Unfortunately, we won't be seeing her at the U.S. Women's Open. So I guess this is a consolation. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the team. I think that they know what they're doing. They, they know who, who to bring in to really get the dynamic going. And I think it's going to be a good watch. So here's the question. Are you like appointment viewing this event? Three o'clock, you're on the couch, you're ready to rock, or are you just gonna, you're just gonna like kind of tap in and out? Or what's your plan here? <laughs> TNT, 3 p.m. You're um, there. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, of course I'm gonna tune in. I'm not even gonna pretend like I'm not. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be on a couch somewhere. I'm for sure going to tune in. I'm going to want to watch it. I'm going to want to see what's up. I'm going to want to see the course too. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just a little bummed <laughs> that no the main woods. star. Yeah, mm. no no woods. We're, we're woodsless this we were, uh, <laughs> day after Thanksgiving, and, uh, and that's sad. <laughs> it's like Thanksgiving's going to be over. You have that like post-meal hangover and then no Tiger Woods. No Tiger Woods, perhaps a legit hangover for your boy over here because maybe I'll be throwing back a little too much Pinot Noir on Thanksgiving. I wake up on Friday and you know what? <laughs> understand at 26 years old, I mean, it's harder to get over those hangovers as college days. So that is for sure. I just wanted to ask you that question because you're sort of my barometer in terms of viewing golf events. And we were so in on the sure. match too right? Because of Tiger and COVID, there was nothing else going on in the sporting world. And we were just so glad to have it. And it broke records. We have college football on Friday. We have other things going on, Black Friday shopping. It's hard to say that this match is going to shatter the viewing numbers of the match too, right? Yeah, I really don't think it has a chance, to be yeah. honest. I think that Tiger is your meal ticket. I will always stand by that. I do think that it'll get some traction. There'll be eyes on it. I think that for if for nothing else, to see those guys all playing golf is just fun. So I do think there'll there'll be a lot of eyes on it. I think that it's a very myopic view because I'm so stuck in this little golf bubble. So mm -hmm. I want to say like, yeah, everyone's going to tune in. Why wouldn't they tune in? But being more realistic, no, I don't think it's going to get the ratings that the last one did. Of course not. I do think that I primarily will be tuning in to see Phil Mickelson carry the weight of Charles Barkley on his back. 
And I don't know if that will be anyone else's uh, reasoning for tuning in, but I think it's going to perform much less favorably than, than the last. So on CNBC last month, the producer of the match gave an open opportunity, an open sort of thought to doing the match every year on Black Friday and then mixing and matching the different players and athletes and what have you. I think our stance is pretty clear that every single iteration of the match should have Tiger Woods. I even argue it should have Tiger and Phil every single time. Would you be, you know, open to that? Like having a yearly match on Black Friday sans Tiger or maybe with Tiger, but, you know, just from a blanket statement, having it every year, do you think it's a good thing? I sort of do because this is an off week for the PGA Tour and it's like, Black Friday, especially this year, everybody's going to be home, so why not, right? Yeah, I like ha- I like the idea of having it yearly. I don't like the idea of having it yearly on Black Friday, though. I don't okay. know. I I don't know how interested Tiger is in that time slot every year moving forward. Yeah, I understand that the the PGA Tour, or at least he wouldn't be playing events around this time of year. Yeah, this. This year was drastically different. Obviously, he played the Masters in November, but I like the idea of always integrating Tiger and Phil. I didn't like the idea getting thrown around that it would be like Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas versus like DJ and Rory. Yeah, we can't like, have that, no. Or, or whatever the tailor-made match was. Like if that was going to integrate as like this, no, I don't like that. I think that you have your flagship guys – that is Tiger and Phil, and you just switch out who they're playing with. I think it would be cool to see like Tiger and JT play Phil and Rory or something. I think that would be cool. You could bring other PJ tour guys into the mix every so often. And I think that that's actually really good for the grow the game initiative. Cause it's almost like the pass the baton between mm-hmm. Phil and Tiger to these new guys. I love president's cup. I love Ryder cup because you see the camaraderie between the guys in their 40s and 50s with the guys in their 20s and 30s. I think it's awesome and it's so cool. So if there would be more opportunities for seeing that, I think that this would be awesome to do so. And then, of course, you want to bring in NFL players, NBA players, players that bring in a different audience, not just golf-specific viewers. You want to sort of tantalize the people who – don't really watch golf or who, of course know who Tiger Woods is, but you know, don't tune into every single PGA tour event every single week as Cam and I do. Mm-hmm. So I like that idea of bringing other athletes into the mix. I just always think that Tiger and Phil have to be a part of it. I don't like a wrinkle of eliminating either of them. I really don't. Especially Phil at this point, because now he's been in every single one that you just got to keep rolling him out, especially from content standpoints and social media and what have you. He's always just a good time. So, all right, let's break it down one more time. So it's Manning and Curry, the favorite over Mickelson and Barkley. So Steph Curry is a near scratch player, has played on the Corn Ferry Tour multiple times. Manning, we saw at the match to solid golfer. Chuck will have his own tees. Reportedly doesn't have that hitch as of late. He also has guaranteed victory, which is a bold move considering you're the worst golfer of the bunch, but hey, why not? And then Phil Mickelson, of course, the best golfer by an infinite margin. 
If you recall, he defeated Tiger back in the original match in 2018 at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. He lost the match too. He described Stone Canyon, by the way, as, quote, pretty penalizing in spots because of the desert, but it's also a great mixture of fun holes like drivable par fours and reachable par five. So it'll be interesting to see all of these guys' strategy off the tee. With that said, Bridget, you are going with Mickelson, or I'm sorry, you're going with Manning and Curry, right? I'm going with Manning and Curry. Okay. Give me Mickelson Barkley plus money. Give me that. You know what? Because I just think that Phil is going to be able to really save himself and save Chuck from these mistakes with his unbelievable short game, right? And sometimes they'll take Phil's shot off the tee, which will be longer most likely than Manning and Curry, although I'm not sure how far Curry hits the ball. I assume Mickelson has a faster swing speed. So I just think at the end of the day, there's going to be some way, and it's not going to be pretty, by the way, that Phil and Barkley win this thing. Again, it will not be pretty because Charles is swinging a golf club. But I like Phil and Barkley to win this thing plus 135, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm just happy that one of us is going to win something this week. <laughs> it's guaranteed. So many cuts. It's like infathomable that we are this good at missing cuts. Like, I honestly think we deserve something for picking prime players who then somehow just underperform the week we pick them. It's truly amazing, isn't it? And of, of course, Bridget referring to the RSM Classic last week. Brian Harmon missed the cut. Sanjay M missed the cut. So our money total is the same going into next week, which will be Mayakoba. So yeah, I mean, ugh, it's been gross. And that was a weird leaderboard last, last week too. When Robert Streb wins, I mean, shout out to him, but he just kind of came out of nowhere. Does Sanjay M ever miss the cut? I just, I need to get a stat on that. Very rarely. Like his missed cut is like T55. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah How, like what's happening yeah honestly I was very bummed that Kevin Kev Kisner did not win that playoff but Streb deserved to win after his approach on that second playoff hole if if you can't acknowledge that he deserved to win that tournament after that shot then I I got nothing for you he almost had a walk-off he almost holed out like mic drop in a playoff like that that's so excuse my language, badass. And I kind of wish that it happened. It would have made the loss for kids just like a little less uh, painful, but it was, it was pretty much as close as you could get. And then I just have to give Kisner some props. He sank that putt after he like totally flew the green on the second playoff hole. And then he had to chip back up. He sank that putt. That was solid like he kind of won in a sense I just have to give him that I'll tell you what when a course suits Kevin Kisner he plays well at that course he has talked about it before about the Masters yeah it's going to be really hard for me to win but man when he finds a course that he likes the plotted type of course you know Harbor Town that sort of thing he's gonna be right there and so credit to him absolutely great guy by the way and speaking of cussing, by the way, uh, I forgot to read this quote. Gary McCord, quote, the format is four guys trying to get it in the hole while bitch slapping each other verbally. That's fun. 
So I think this is exactly why McCord came out of retirement. He's not going to say, hey, it's an eight iron, 163 out. He's going to be, you know, chopping it up with these guys and having some fun. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, he knows his role. He knows that he's basically a part of the chaos when right. it, it gets to, to him being out there. And I think it's good. I think that he sort of can be himself out there, and, and, and that's why we want him out there. Right. And, I mean, you know, famously, he was never at the Masters ever since that comment that he made about, I think it was something along the lines of body bags to the side of the green because it was so hard to right. put on or something like that, right? right? And, uh, yeah, that was that for him calling <laughs> golf at the Masters. So Yeah, you're <laughs> – you, uh, yeah, you're not going to get invited back. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's really going to thrive in this format. I think it'll be fun. All right, well, that's I mean, I just have to throw one more thing yeah. in. They couldn't even say mud balls. <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, trust me, we do not fault Gary McCord at all. So, there you not go. Not at all. Not at all. All right, well, hey, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody out there. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the match three and Bridget and I will talk to you next week. Bridget, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone listening. All right. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.